Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 cast featuring your host, Mike Ludwig, Wyatt Teeter, and filling in for Kyle Mersh, Ariane Barry. Hello. We started today getting into, yeah, no introduction for you, right into some side college football. <laughs> yep. So the breaking news that uh, came out today was that the uh, Cyclones will be going to the Alamo Bowl. It will be uh, December 28th at 8 p.m. in San Antonio. It is the top non-New Year's Six Bowl tie-in that the Big 12 has, so that's pretty cool. So outside of uh, Oklahoma and Texas that went to the college football playoff and Sugar Bowl respectively, Iowa State got the top bowl spot in the Big 12 and will go down to the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio. I was pretty I was pretty pumped about that. I mean, I, I kind of wanted to go to Orlando because Orlando would have been a lot cooler of a trip than uh, than San Antonio. But overall, I'm, I'm really pumped for this team and how far this program has come with uh, getting to end up in the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio. What do you think about the, the bowl selection, Ion? Yeah, I would definitely agree with you there. Uh, it's been pretty impressive that they're here, considering where they were when I was at school there. Uh, it's not only impressive to see how far this team has come since they finally kicked out Paul Rhodes, but just the fact that the national media really views them differently than they did when I was there. It's nice to see people actually respect the team when they do something good versus when they would win a team a game and nobody really seemed to care before. So I think it's he's really kind of brought this whole team and the whole program around. So it's been pretty yeah. impressive and I'm pretty happy with him. I think you really couldn't have made a better hire for the football program for where it was. Yeah, I agree. I think Matt Campbell has done has done a really good job. I think that uh I think that uh, this year, I think, is the epitome of, of how well he's done, especially with how poorly we started with that one and three start. That was Turn around and win seven of our last eight ga- of our last eight games to finish. Uh, to finish, what does that make us? Eight and four on the year is what we're at right now. And regardless of all the rumors of everything, I really don't think he's going to be going anywhere anytime soon. He seems like he's locked in to be here and do something. I think he crushed those rumors of him going to the oh, yeah. Browns. Just, but, was it last week? <laughs> yeah, basically. But I feel like I'm, there was one the year before. I feel like you're going to get one every year. Yeah. I'm still not convinced about him not going to the – I think if he leaves anywhere, it's going to be to the Browns just because he's from Ohio and he's still got his family is in Ohio. So if I think – I don't think he's going to go anywhere. But if, if he does, I feel like the Browns would be where he goes. I mean, that's the NFL team he grew up rooting for. If he ends up anywhere, I have a feeling it would be there. But I agree with you that I don't think – He's uh he's going anywhere anytime. Well, at least not this year. We'll see. Yep. We'll see if the success continues. I I don't think he'll stay forever. He's not Bill Snyder who's going to stay here until he retires. Which breaking news: Bill Snyder retired today yeah, as well. He officially retired. Yeah, we all kind of knew. He was <laughs> we'll retire, see if he comes back again. He, three years when, when, when he's when 102. When K State fires their head coach after three years, they'll just hire Bill Snyder again. Yeah, he'll he'll come back and roam the sideline. I don't know if he can even roam the sideline anymore now, much less in three years, but he'll he'll stand there on the sideline. Yeah. He's walking pretty good. He can get like a cart. I mean, he can he can just wheel around. It's fine. <laughs> get, get a golf cart on the sideline that's yeah. just Bill Snyder's to go back and forth. I mean, it's Coach Rhodes had a dude that was on payroll just to carry his, like, you know, radio around, so. That's true. Everyone has that one guy on the staff whose job is to just follow the head coach around and like grab him by the belt and yeah. drag him back to the sideline when he gets too far out on the field. Uh, Bill Snyder's person will just be the He'll just push the wheelchair. Him, so. Yeah. Yep. That'll be good. 
And Bill Snyder would be like, yeah. wheel me out to the sidelines. I need to yell at him. Run, run, I need to call this time out. Go. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, the Cyclones did play a football game this weekend, despite it being Almost. championship weekend and us not being in the Big 12 championship. It looked more like a cross between football, bobsledding, cross-country skiing, and... A little bit of mud wrestling. Oh, goodness. We had what was best described as a winter monsoon happening uh, in the stadium when the game first started. We eventually cleared up towards the second half of the game, but even with all these weather, that, that weather condition, we uh, almost lost to a non-scholarship football program. Yeah, I thought I thought our performance was uh, was pretty embarrassing overall. I think that, uh, I mean, we won the football game, which in the end is all that matters in a game like that, but I think that Drake came out and they brought the energy and Drake came to play and wanted to be there. And I thought Iowa State was completely looking ahead to their bowl game. They lacked focus, they lacked effort, they lacked intensity. And I mean, in the end, it really doesn't matter. They won the game. No one... No one's going to look back on this season and think it's more or less disappointing because of a uh, a three point win over Drake. So in the end, it doesn't really matter. But I was I was just disappointed by the Cyclones' effort on Saturday. I feel like they were obviously the more talented team. No offense to Drake, they played their butts off, and credit to them for that. Yeah, but they were fantastic. At the same time, though, what really was the point of that game? Like. It didn't add anything to the season. Like you said, nobody's going to think anything more or less of it. It just put the players out there in crappy weather right before we have to go to a bowl game, and it really didn't seem necessary to me. Right. The, the, the field conditions were not safe yeah. out there. Like the, the band didn't march our pregame show or our halftime show because the conditions were not safe enough on the field for the band to go out there and march. We were but, told that the band was told by the officials to not go out onto the field. But apparently it was still safe enough to send the football players out there. I, I don't so. know. I I just think that game should should not have happened yeah. personally. To me that's a game that can get canceled. Incarnate Word wasn't there was what we were going to play in the first place. Right. I don't think it's that important to our season. It didn't add anything. Yeah. I mean, it was cool for the Drake players, but again, why should Iowa State care about that? Like, yep. No offense to the Drake players. Like I said, they played their hearts out. But Rest up and get ready care. for San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, the risk of injury was definitely there. I mean, Purdy got hurt for a little bit, and Kemp yep. had to come in for a series in the second half. Uh, Marcel Spears got hurt. He got banged up. I mean, Campbell did say that he expects him to be ready for the ball game, but still, there was that, that injury, and we did have a couple of key players both on offense and defense get hurt i mean they'll be fine in the end but again that risk of injury i just don't think it was worth it to play that game no but there were some a lot more meaningful uh college football games going on on saturday it was championship weekend like i said i personally thought the uh the best game of the uh of the weekend was the uh alabama georgia game i don't know I thought that uh, Jalen Hurts coming in uh, to uh, to uh, lead uh, Alabama back to knock off Georgia after two or two of Iowa got hurt was a was just huge. I mean, it was like the yeah. reverse of what happened in the national championship game last year with uh, with Tua coming into a place Hurts who was struggling in the second half. Yeah, that's some that's some movie stuff right there. You can't even expect that to happen. But I think it also I think it really makes Jalen Hurts look good to come in, and you saw that picture of them like hugging after the game and stuff. And I think it's pretty good that they can still feel like they can be together, even though obviously they've been competing all year and he got replaced 
all the way from, you know, Heisman contender to now this guy's a Heisman contender, but apparently they're still good and they're still friends. So I think that really shows that they both care about winning as a team over going to the NFL or just doing well for themselves. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I also think it's good that they could still, uh, still come together like that. I think it shows a lot to, uh, to Hertz's character because for him to not, a lot of quarterbacks in that situation would just, would just transfer in the situation where they, uh, where they got benched, right? They're the upperclassman quarterback. They got benched. But to have the perseverance to stick in there and to not transfer, I think was, was really big for Hertz because, I mean, look at it. It paid off, right? He was the hero in an SEC championship game that might have saved a playoff berth for, for his squad. A lot of people would have, would have transferred, sat out this year, moped about losing the starting job. But from what I, from all of what I hear, he was just a, a consummate professional about it, and I think uh, I think it really speaks highly of of him as a person to just be able to persevere on that roster and stay in there. I also think that uh, I also think this was just a huge missed opportunity for Georgia. Right, Georgia had Alabama on the ropes; they had him down to their third string or their, to their second string quarterback. Granted, that was one of the. Uh, Granted, that starting quarterback was one of the uh, one of the uh, um, was the quarterback who led the team to almost a national championship last year, but but um, still, I feel feel that Georgia had missed a gigantic opportunity there to uh, knock off to knock off the number one seed and to earn themselves a spot in the playoff that they ended up uh, missing out on. It was really disappointing for. Uh, it was really disappointing if you're a Georgia fan that they uh they suffered that loss to uh Alabama and sent Alabama to the playoff. A uh another uh big championship game that happened would have been the actually I want to talk a little bit about the AAC championship game in the American. UCF coming off just an absolutely devastating leg injury to their uh to their quarterback was able to uh recover and uh was able to recover and really storm back make a huge comeback against the Memphis Tigers to uh hold on to that AAC conference championship and save their spot in a New Year's six bowl game right because so the the uh the uh non-power five teams are guaranteed one spot in the uh, New Year's six bowl game that goes to the highest ranked conference champion and in this case that uh highest ranked so if UCF would have lost that game, even if they would have stayed ahead of the Mountain West champion in the rankings, since they're not a conference champion, they couldn't have gotten that New Year's Six ball spot. So um, uh, for um, um, Fresno State would have gotten that spot had UCF lost. But since UCF managed to uh, hold on and win, that was really big for them to get that New Year's Six spot. And now they will they have a game coming up against LSU in the uh, New Year's Six ball game. The uh, the big game that uh, in the Big 12 was that Big 12 championship game, the rematch between Oklahoma and Texas. I know I wasn't able to watch it because I was watching the uh, the Iowa State Drake game, but Ariane, you were able to uh, watch that. What were your thoughts yes, on that uh, Big 12 championship game? Uh, Kyler Murray should win the Heisman was one of them. I know that some people are thinking it should be the guy from Alabama, but, I mean, I'm watching this guy play. The ball comes out of his hands like a, 
like a rocket. It's crazy the throws he makes. And I've, everybody complains about the defense of that team, but when your offense scores that fast, obviously your defense is going to be out there a lot longer and they get worn down. OU's the real deal to me. And I think that they will, they're going to give the title a little bit in that game. I don't think it's going to be as one-sided as people might think it is. But Oklahoma and Texas both killed it. And I also couldn't help think that we were not too far behind both of those teams when we played them. And if we would have beat Texas that game, we probably would have been in that game. And mm-hmm. I think it also says good things about Iowa State that we're pretty much right there with the top of the conference. It, we just execute a little bit better, have a little bit more years. I think we can be pretty much up there with OU and be one of the top 10 teams in the nation usually. But that game was close all game. It was back and forth. And uh, similar to that tied game, it was just pretty much everything you'd want a championship game to be. Yeah, for sure. Going back to uh, to uh, Kyler Murray that you're talking yeah. about. So I know my big criticism of, of Murray all year has been the fact that he didn't sign that uh, professional baseball contract with the Oakland Athletics before yeah. the start of the year. He was a top five pick in the MLB draft, for mm-hmm. those of you who don't know that, and turned it down to play his senior year at Oklahoma. I mean, obviously it's worked out for him so far. He's been phenomenal. But the signing bonus on that contract was just insane yeah. that he that he turned down to play this year. What do you think of his decision uh, to come back for this year and play hey, instead of signing that baseball deal? I mean, I probably wouldn't have done that. Uh, taking that guaranteed money, getting into the sport, you know, maybe not having brain damage. Those are all good things in my book. But if that's what you want to do and that's the sport that you like to play, go for it. I mean, yeah. that to me shows that he's not about money. So that's a good thing. He's actually interested in getting stuff done for the team. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a dual sport athlete. Obviously, it doesn't happen anymore. But, I mean, back in the day, you got Michael Jordan, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bo Jackson. Yeah, Bo Jackson, Jerry Rice. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen anymore. The closest we get now is like Russell Wilson likes to go to training camp in the summer for baseball. but. Right. I think if you have two likes to golf. Yeah. If you have two interests, go for it. As long as you can and you know, you're not gonna be able to do it professionally, so you might as well get it done while you're in college. Yeah, that's fair. And I did there's a report from ESPN from just last week that he does still that the contract is still on the table from the Oakland days. And I had heard that he was thinking he was going to go play after the season. Am I making that up, or did I hear that somewhere? Yeah, as, as of six days ago, according to ESPN, he's still, as soon as the Oklahoma football season, he still plans to sign that deal yeah. with the A's and go go play with the A's. So he will be a baseball player, and that would be insane. He's going to be right? one of the Heisman finalists. I think that's pretty crazy. He's going to be a Heisman finalist, possible Heisman Trophy winner. Theoretically, could be a college football playoff champion, and then mm-hmm. go and play baseball. Yeah, but, but I mean, that signing bonus is $4.66 million that he's going to have for baseball just as a signing bonus, which is which is pretty life-changing money, yeah. a lot of life-changing money right there. But, but I mean, in some ways, he's he's like Joe Maurer, who, except Joe Maurer didn't play his football career out that much. Joe Maurer, he was drafted number one overall by the Twins, and he ended up signing with the Twins, but he was the number one quarterback recruit out of high school before he signed with the Twins, too, when the Twins drafted him number one overall. He was going to go to – he had 
he was uh if he if he wouldn't have chosen baseball he was going to go play quarterback at Florida State. Yeah. I think just a, just another phenomenal athlete like that. Kyler Murray just played his dual sport out a little longer because he didn't he wasn't such a highly uh highly recruited and touted uh baseball player out of high school that he didn't get drafted as highly as Joe Maurer did. But I see a lot of similarities between the two of them. Hopefully I think Kyler Murray's a great guy. I haven't seen anything that would uh, indicate otherwise. Hopefully his career plays out yeah. as well as, as Joe Mowers did, too. Man, if you see that kid scrambled, though, I'm like, he's going to steal every base. All of yeah. them. He gets going. Yeah, that's for sure. So the top four came out, and we have been uh, referencing it throughout the episode. The top four is Alabama was number one, Clemson was number two, Notre Dame was number three, and then Oklahoma came in at number four. I feel like uh, that top four was probably what it should have been. I mean, I if you if you had, you could have thought about Ohio State or Georgia or Oklahoma, but I really think Georgia with their two losses, I don't think you could put them in with two losses. And then just looking between Ohio State and Oklahoma, Ohio State had the worst loss, right? Losing to a ho-hum Purdue team is what really killed them. Yep. If that loss would have been like to Michigan instead of to Purdue – then you're looking at a different story and you're looking at maybe Ohio State over Oklahoma. But just because that, really, that was a really bad loss kind of screwed them. What do you think? You like the top four? I do like the top four. I think that's what I thought it should have been. I was listening to people's arguments for Oklahoma, or not Oklahoma, for Georgia last night. And I guess I can see that you might think they'd be one of the best four teams, but you do have to... I think you kind of have to base it on the season. Otherwise, what's the point of playing? Just pick whichever teams you like best. And also, somebody had said with their losses that they had, yeah, they're both two good teams, but then what's their best win? Right. Playing in in that division and losing to LSU, you didn't have very good wins. Exactly. You can't get get credited for your losses. Like, yeah, you lost to good teams, but you got to do something. You got to win versus everybody. And I think Oklahoma deserved to be in more than Ohio State. They're just more impressive in general. So I think that they got it right there. Yeah. I would say that that Georgia is one of the four best teams. But I don't think, like you said, the selection committee can't base it off who they think is best. They have to do it off of what actually happened. And I think basing it off that, they definitely got it right. Picking picking Oklahoma over Georgia, even though I might think that Georgia – is better than Oklahoma. And we'll never know because they won't play. But that means Georgia and Texas are going to go at it in the Sugar Bowl, which should be an interesting game too. But the one the one really interesting thing from uh, from Bowls this week was that, like we uh, referenced on the show last week, there was going to be more bowl-eligible teams than there were bowl games, right? We, we talked about that on the show last week. We can update you on who those four teams were. Those four teams were Southern Mississippi, Miami of Ohio, Wyoming, and Louisiana Monroe. So, I mean, three of those four programs, I mean, they're, so they're all smaller programs. You might have heard of Wyoming just because there's Josh Allen last year was a top quarterback prospect, came out of Wyoming. But, I mean, if I were one of those four uh Four teams. I'd be I'd be dis- really disappointed if I was the players for those teams yeah. who have worked hard to get my my ball out el- my ball eligibility and then not uh, not get to go to the game after it. But and uh, that's also going to transition us into our uh, segment this week of who's pissed off. 
So this week, there are actually going to be seven groups of people who are pissed off. And those groups are the uh, the players, coaches, and fan bases of those four teams, Southern Miss, Miami of Ohio, Wyoming, and Louisiana Monroe, and then also Georgia, UCF, and Ohio State, the teams that just missed that bowl game, and then those teams that missed the college football playoff. I'm sure if you've been on Twitter or Reddit, you've seen fans of especially when it comes to those playoff teams, talking about why they deserved to be in and being upset that they weren't. So uh, those those schools definitely get the award of, of who's pissed off for this year. What do you think, Ariane, or for this week? What do you think, Ariane? You agree? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that all those schools, especially the ones that didn't make the bowl game, have a pretty good, uh, a pretty good reason to be mad. I would be very upset if, you know, you get to where you're supposed to be. You get your bowl game eligibility. You did everything you were supposed to do. And then you just get to all the oh, bummer. Too bad. Mm-hmm. And then as far as the schools that missed the playoffs, I mean, you can only do so much. It, it is, at the end of the day, still people deciding what they like and what they don't like. And the playoffs are still pretty new. So it's kind of hard, honestly, to know what you need to do as far as schedule, wins, losses, what risks to take because the the committee's still figuring out how they want to do it, and the teams are still figuring out what they need to do. And on that note, what does UCF need to do to get in? Who do they have to schedule, you know? They've been undefeated for two years. I get that they're not playing anybody crazy, but who's going to play them at this point? It's going to be hard for them to get those big schools, those big wins, because they're going to be scared to lose to UCF. Right, and I mean, I've, I read an article earlier this year for, about UCF's athletic director talking about just that. And basically, UCF saying that they're gonna, their philosophy is going to continue to be doing what they've been doing and scheduling the type of schedule they, they have been. They said they're not going to change their scheduling philosophy based on what these playoff results are. And I don't really get that, right? This is two years I in mean, a row yeah. where the selection committee is straight up said, look, you didn't what play you're doing, enough schedule. it's not good enough, right? So I think they've... They're saying they don't want to go out on the road in the first couple weeks of the year and play a big-name school, even if they'd want to. I mean, I think eventually they have to. They haven't I lost mean, a game in two years, yeah. but they've never seen above eight in the college football playoff rankings, which is where they ended. I think eventually you just got to go out and schedule somebody. Otherwise, yeah. you're... Uh, At some point, it stops being you want to go to the college football playoffs, and it becomes you want to keep winning and say you want to go. You actually have to do something to make that happen. Otherwise, you're just posturing and trying to look good for your fan base. So the statement that I saw from the AD was essentially, we've done everything we can do. We've won all our games, and we think we deserve to be in. And if they don't put us in, that's essentially a sign that they need to expand the college football playoffs. So to me, it doesn't even sound like they want to be in the college football playoffs as it is now. They want them to expand it so that they have room to get in mm-hmm. and, and i don't disagree played, with that yeah they definitely they would have gotten in an 18 playoff i still yeah. think we're a ways away from an 18 playoff but i do think eventually it's inevitable just for money reasons even without the money just for entertainment factor i think eventually you need to get there this is yeah. not that different from what we had before it's just one more game <laughs> right and it's humans picking the teams instead of a computer yeah I preferred the computer. The computer didn't make mistakes. Humans do. The math math doesn't lie. Sorry, that, that's off topic. Anyway. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> well, speaking of the math doesn't lie, though, you did see the weird 
the new college basketball rankings, though, right? That formula that had like With the, KU the is number like twelve and. Yeah, the the new net yeah. sy- ranking system that, that they came awful. out with this year. Do you like yeah. that math? <laughs> I haven't, I haven't looked in detail into the net. It's a replacement either. for RPI that they're going to use yeah. to be, uh, to be scheduling in things. And I think it's more it relies a lot more on advanced metrics than our previous systems have. I so just... I think it's gonna it takes gonna take some time. Basically, when the more advanced your rating system is, the more time it's going to take, the more data points it needs right, right. to finally work itself out. So I think those issues will work themselves out before the end of the year. I mean, if they don't, then we're going to have a big problem on our yeah. hands. But when I saw I think that, that initial rating, work itself out. And I saw that list come out. I was like, "Why did you let that come out? You probably should have just kept that." Yeah. <laughs> in, inside. Yeah. I agree that uh, keeping it in-house would have definitely been the uh, thing to do there. But I don't know. We'll see uh, We'll see what happens as the uh, college basketball season develops. Yep. Speaking of the, uh, the college basketball season, the uh, Cyclone men's basketball team has definitely, uh, has definitely kept looking good. They only had one game here in this last week. They, uh, they took down uh, – they kept well, – who did they play on Monday, Wyatt? Uh, I was there for the game. We played. Oh, type away distraction. Oh, delay, uh, delay. Uh, 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 <laughs> we're really bad at this side. Omaha. Oh yeah, they played yeah, Omaha, yeah, yeah. and uh, they blow, blew them out of the water, eighty-two to uh, eighty-two to forty-five, and oh, Nebraska. Uh, yeah, Nebraska. It was it was fifty-five. Sorry, not forty-five. Either way, they, they blew him away, and uh, Therese Halliburton had a really big game for Iowa State. And we're, we're still without uh, Cameron Lloyd and Zoran Talley and Solomon Young and Lindell Wigington. And this team just continues to win in spite of them. This team could, could go big places if they can get all the players back from suspension and injury at some point here. I'd be really interested to see where this team could go. I'm really excited. In addition excited. to getting your players back, you do have to also get that chemistry right. Like, That's just true. getting them back isn't going to be enough. they got to learn how to play together. Lindell isn't always the easiest guy to play with. Because you never know when he's going to take a shot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true for sure. But, yeah, I, I just thought that the Cyclones are really good. And it's going to yeah. be Hopefully we can get those players back here with still some non-conference games left. Yeah, they need a little before, tune-up. Right. Get a little tune-up into there and... Uh, and get that chemistry going, like you were saying before yeah. the uh, before the conference play starts. But the Cyclone women have also been winning a lot of games. They broke into the uh, top twenty-five for the first time in uh, I think it was since twenty fourteen. This week, when they uh, hopped into number twenty-three. So the Cyclone women uh, they did did just lose their first game this week when they went on the road to South Dakota and fell. But they had a big win over Arkansas today, and they just continue to roll. And they've been really impressive. Ashley Jones of the freshman from Iowa City, Big Recruit, has come in and she's really done done big things. And Bridget Carlton, like she's been doing in her four, all of her four years here at Iowa State, is just a phenomenal player. And I'm really excited to see where uh, where that goes. But what we do have coming up this week that I'm really excited about are two big Cyhawk games on Wednesday and Thursday with the uh, women playing at Iowa City on uh, – at Iowa City, in Iowa City, I should say, on Wednesday, and the uh, the men going going to Iowa City on Thursday for a game. Two big Cy Hawk games, 
two big tests going on the road to top 15 opponents for the uh, both the women and the men. It's going to be two interesting games of basketball that I'm really looking forward to seeing. What about you, Ariane? What do you think of the upcoming Cyhawk games? Um, I'm always excited about the Cyhawk games because somehow they always seem to just be something you can't predict. No matter what the team is ranked, like you can have a number two team versus a number 102 team, and somehow that'll still be a three-point game coming down the stretch. And the teams always get up, and they always play their hardest. So it's always an exciting time, and you know there's going to be a lot of smack talk, both by the fans and sometimes by the players. I'm reminded of George Niang's kiss to the student section as being iconic. He always yep. So everybody loves the Cyhawk game, especially the state of Iowa. So mm-hmm. any time that can happen, ready for it. Speaking of Cyhawk matchups, let's not forget wrestling. That the, just yeah, happened. yesterday wrestling just happened. We lost. Uh, Iowa, Iowa State did fall to number five ranked Iowa, and uh, but it was really close. It was like 16 to 17, 18, 19, 18, 19, 18, 19 to 18. Yep. Yeah, 19 to 18. Uh, Cyclones are ranked 25 in the nation right now in wrestling, whereas as previously mentioned, Iowa's ranked number five, if I'm not mistaken. So that was, a, that was a heck of a game. Like I said, Cyhawk games are always close. I still remember my freshman year when Iowa State came back from, what was that, like an 18-point second-half deficit to beat Iowa? Do you remember yes, that game, Ryan? I do. Just some just some incredible uh, incredible games. They're always great games. I'm really looking forward to hopefully being able to watch both of those games on Wednesday and Thursday and Should give be you fun. guys uh, updates on those on 83.11 cast next week. Um, also, NFL football happened. How can we not talk about NFL football? That's always always one of the highlights of the week. I want to start it off with that Bears game. That was just a really weird Bears game. What they they were down ten late in the game. Yeah, they make a field goal. They recover an onside kick. Did were you you Crazy. were watching that, Arian, right? I came into the game a little late. It was like seven. It was seventeen to seven, I think, when I turned it on. Right before the half, I saw the field goal by the Giants to make it 17-10. And then it was just all Giants, like the entire game, until the very end. And then they somehow managed to get back in it. And that onside kick was like the textbook onside kick I've ever seen in my life. The announcers were talking about how it's so hard to get an onside kick now. You can't get a running start. You have to wait, obviously, for it to bounce. You can't touch it immediately. And it just bounced right in and they fell right on it it was improbable and despite chase daniel sucking the bears still somehow got it to overtime but unfortunately in the overtime chase daniel sucking is also what lost in the game Did, didn't he fumble two times three in times the actually in overtime three, three there times? were three fumbles uh they weren't all his fault one of them the center snapped it at his knees but i mean it was sad honestly and then uh, Tariq Cohen was amazing. He got like 170 some odd yards or something from scrimmage, mostly on receiving. But a lot of that was honestly because it didn't look like Chase Daniel knew how to throw anything but a screen pass. And I don't think they trust him that much in the offense to do more than that. And that's honestly a lot of the reason he did. But he made the most of his catches and was pretty great. Uh, the Bears have been surprisingly good this year. And. Yeah. I don't know what happened today. I have a question on this bit. So sure. I was at I was at the women's basketball game against Arkansas for the pet band, so I didn't get to see the end of that game. I saw for the touchdown at the end of regulation that it was a pass from Tariq Cohen. Was it that was. correct or was that yes. 
it was. What what can you can you describe that play a little bit? I didn't get to yeah. see that. I haven't seen it. They went in motion, so they handed it off, and then I don't know who the other person in the backfield was, but you know it's kind of the motion too, and they tossed it back to Tariq Cohen, and he was streaking across on the right side, and then he just lofted it right in there. It was pretty pit. It was pretty pass. Okay. It was kind of like the Philly special, but uh, it was not the quarterback that caught it. He just went out and blocked. Okay, that was a gutsy. That's a gutsy it play was. call when you have there one play to crazy win the game play calls in or to tie game. the game. So Tariq Cohen threw a touchdown. Akeem Hicks, the defensive tackle, ran it in o- for the Odell Bears. Odell Beckham Jr. threw for the Odell Beckham pass. threw a, a dart with, like, awful form. His feet weren't set or anything, but it went all the way in that end zone, and he threw that. So there were a lot of interesting touchdowns there. Uh, they seemed to be reaching pretty far into their bag of tricks. Well, it worked for the Giants. It did. Not, not quite so much for the Bears. Not great. Chase Daniels sucks. Chase Daniels sucks. The there were some improbable throws and a lot of flags that kept the Bears in the game. Honestly, late. If it wasn't for the flags and the penalties, they probably would have been out before. But as it was, it was a pretty crazy game. I had my mouth open. Although the Bears really, I mean, the Bears obviously should have won that game easily. There was yeah, a the touchdown. Good. They essentially had a they had a goal line stand where they couldn't get into the end zone from uh, Saquon Barkley. So that's pretty good defensively. And then somehow, on a fourth down play, no one decided to cover Odell Beckham. And he literally just walked free the back of the end zone and caught a pass. I would cover that man. I would always cover that man. It could be a run play, and you should probably still cover Mm -hmm. I agree. So despite the uh, Bears win, the Vikings could not take advantage in the – NFC North, the offense looked uh, looked uh, pretty bad, and they just sputtered out in Foxborough. So that leaves, despite the Bears' misstep against the Giants, it still leaves the division open for them. And the Packers essentially uh, put themselves completely out of contention with this uh, really, really bad loss to Arizona that really got their coach fired. McCarthy, I thought it was time for McCarthy to go. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a good coach, but I think he lacks creativity for that Packers offense. I think he needs an offensive coordinator that can help him out. And I mean, when you can't, he's not getting along with Aaron Rodgers and when you're not getting along with one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, I think it's, I think it's probably your turn to go and not the quarterbacks. Yeah. In my opinion, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. I get that Tom Brady is, you know, the GOAT quarterback, but to me, that's a lot. Bill Belichick, like, can you point out the last time to me that Bill Belichick is that a quarterback that hasn't done well? Every time somebody comes in for Tom Brady, they do great, and they get a big contract somewhere else. So to me, it's like a half-and-half thing. Aaron Rodgers essentially has a terrible situation every year. Like, seems like Green Bay always has injuries to their skill position players, and he's playing with dudes like named Equinemius St. Brown. <laughs> and yeah. somehow the, he's still the there. The receiving course still shares interesting names. Like, who are these people? But he's still there every year. And if you are wasting that guy's career, to me, I think I agree it's time for you to go, and they should probably move on to make the most of this guy. He's a once-in-a-lifetime kind of talent to me. I agree. I agree. I feel like only getting one championship out of the prime of Aaron Rodgers' career has, uh, is uh, not great. You got you to gotta do better with the prime of Aaron Rodgers' career than what you've, what you've done with it so far. Although primes have been a little bit, you know, 
it's been restructured with how long that Tom Brady has played. That's true. But Aaron Rodgers has had more of an injury history than That's Tom true. Brady. And he like can run. Right. So I don't I don't know if I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is gonna be able to stay around quite as long as Tom Brady has. I would be surprised. Yeah. But I think everybody's gonna be lasting longer than they used to coming up here. Yeah. That's true. So I think that uh, it is time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. What do you think, Wyatt? I don't think it's everyone's favorite segment of the week, Mike. I think it's everyone's favorite segment. I think it's your favorite segment of the week. I'm the only one that matters, so it must be everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's very self-centered. Oh, yeah, and this is your favorite segment of the week, right? It sure is. Yeah, that's See, not, look at that. That's not look even true. That. Look at that. I Ariane is love it. No. Ariane no, needs to replace Kyle as our new host all time because Ariane appreciates this segment. He's agreeing mm-hmm. with it because I don't. That I mean, that's that's another good reason. reason to keep him no, around. No, 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 no. I'll no. take my paycheck after the, after the episode. <laughs> what Mike is talking about is the worst segment we have on the podcast, and that is Mike's stupid with two O rules. Stupid, get it with with two O's. All right, Mike, tell me what is the stupid rule of the week? Yep. So the uh, Mike's incredibly awesome rule for this week is going to be we're going to go back into the NFL this week, and we're going to talk about the fair catch kick rule. So the fair catch kick rule is if so, if you were to uh, fair catch a punt, um. That means you have the opportunity, even with that, you have the opportunity to attempt a field goal right from where you caught the punt, without any opponents being able to rush or block or return it or anything. Right? That that's that's an available option. All right. It's not, it's not used very often. I wonder it's, why. Uh, really? I think I've seen it used once, like in the past five or so years. I think the Green Bay Packers and Mason Crosby used the fair catch kick once within the last five years. It's not used often, but yes, if you fair catch a punt, that means you can attempt a field goal from that spot where the opposing team can't attempt to rush or block or anything. All right. That is called a fair catch kick in the end. I believe it's only a rule in the NFL and not college, but don't quote me on that. But yes, that is the NFL fair catch kick rule. Do you have, do you have like a reason why that that's a rule? What Why would that be in place? I don't know. I mean, know. somebody had to have just tried it, and then that game took like half an hour longer because all the referees were like, I don't know. Can they do this? <laughs> I guess. And then they had to write it down after that. That's my guess. Yeah. I really I really don't know how it developed, but I know it's a rule. So there's, there's your incredibly awesome rule for the week. I hope you all have enjoyed getting taught and that you will continue to uh, give me great feedback about this rule segment like I continue to get. It's so, only I'm mildly about interesting. It. I'm about that. Anytime you can just kick the ball randomly, I think you should. <laughs> drop kicks. Drop kicks, yeah. Yes. If I you're going to go for a two-point conversion, just kick it for a field goal. It's mind games with your opponent. I'll <laughs> never <laughs> expect it. See, your stupid rules are getting a little bit better because now you're transitioning away from other sports to more interesting sports. Who knows what that means? Not an interesting sport? I'm not calling it as interesting as football. Mm, it, they're real close. They're mm. real close. Hockey. I'm a pretty big football fan. But with the end of your segment, I'm cutting you short. We're going to go with... What? Yeah, you heard me there. Give me the accountability session for our Write That Down prediction segment. Mike, please. Yeah, we actually have a really uh, large accountability session 
before I write that down this week. We are going to start with Wyatt. So Wyatt had one write that down prediction come off the board this week. And uh, Wyatt's prediction was that the Cyclones will go to a bowl game south of Memphis. As you heard earlier, we are going to the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio. So for that prediction, Wyatt gets a ding, 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 ding. Ding. I'm also involved. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, transitioning to Kyle, Kyle also had Kyle had three predictions come off the board this week. Ooh. Kyle's uh, first prediction that came off the board. We're gonna go in the order that they happened. So the first one was doing that uh, game against Omaha, that Cyclone basketball game. Therese Halliburton scored like 16 points in the first 10 minutes or something. So at halftime, Kyle uh, told Wyatt to write that down that Therese Halliburton will score 30 points today. That did not happen. I think he finished with like 18 points. So for that prediction, Kyle gets a nah. The uh, second prediction that came off the board for Kyle is that he predicted that the Big 12 will not have a team in the college football playoff. As you heard, Oklahoma made the college football playoff. So for that, Kyle gets a nah. <laughs> and Kyle's third Kyle's third prediction they had come off the board was that Bill Snyder will retire at the end of the year. Bill Snyder's retirement was announced, as you heard earlier in this episode. So for that, Kyle gets a ding 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 ding. Josh also had three predictions come off the board. Uh, the one that came off the board first was one that he made on the show last week, that the Vikings would beat the Packers that day on Sunday Night Football. The Vikings topped the Packers that Sunday night, so for that, Josh gets a nah. Uh, the second one that he made was that the Packers would finish 9-6-1 and one on the year. The Packers are now sitting with seven losses, so finishing 9-6-1 and one is not possible. So, nah. And then his other one was that Aaron Jones... Uh, three weeks ago, he predicted that Aaron Jones would run for at least 100 yards in five of the seven remaining uh, games. He has not topped 75 yards in the three games since then. So for that prediction, Josh also gets a... I'm sensing like a theme with Josh's picks. <laughs> Josh, Josh, well, af- actually, well, Most Josh, picks, Josh yeah. has one correct prediction on the board. And I think Wyatt has three. Josh has two correct predictions on the board. Yeah, that's correct. Two. And uh, Wyatt has like three, and Kyle has like one. And my prediction that I had come off the board was that the Packers will fire Mike McCarthy. That gets a ding, 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 which puts me on the board for my first prediction. Yeah, you'll learn we're not very good at write that down predictions, Arian, but we keep making them. Oh, trust fun. me, I've heard some of yours. They're not the best. No, like like Wyatt's uh, hey, hey, like hey, Wyatt's hey. Uh, safety per game it's prediction. Still, it is still safety awesome. per game. Yeah. It we, is we, still we, possible. We, do you know how many safeties we need to get against Washington State? A lot. Uh, ten. I was going to guess. Yeah, a lot. We would I need don't. ten safeties uh, against Washington State. I'm willing to bet that has never happened. I would agree. I, 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 yeah. I'm not going to take you on that bet because I know it's never happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. If there's anything, we'd know about a ten safety game in 8311 if it would have happened. Safeties are my favorite result of a play. One point safety. One point safeties are. Why it also has a right. one point safety write that down prediction on the board. That's yeah, that also will probably not going to never happen. happen. It might. Iowa it State might. will never get a one point safety. It's not. That, that one wasn't Iowa State specific. Oh, just any team. Okay. Any team. Yeah. Any team. But still not going to happen. It might. Probably not though. But it might. But it might. 
All right, so does that does that all of our does that, that seven of them? That is all of our oh, accountability counting. session. We're gonna move into our predictions. We're gonna start with so we decided with Kyle gone. Kyle's punishment for being gone is that he has to live with whatever prediction Arian makes, and that's uh, Kyle's prediction for the week. So Arian, what write that down prediction are you making for Kyle? All right, so with all of the hoopla and the excitement, you've been hearing it from the beginning of the year. The Rams are the best team that has ever existed. They're super good. Jared Goff, other than how awful he was his freshman year, now he's the best quarterback. Todd Gurley, all these receivers from nowhere, they're going to be the best team. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the Super Bowl. My prediction is the Rams will not make the Super Bowl. Not just not win. They will not be in the game. Now, for background... I am from the St. Louis area, and I might be slightly upset that my team left, but that has nothing to do with my prediction. I truly mm. believe the Rams will choke it in the playoffs. Their magical defense that has like 19 first-round picks on it, really not that great except for Aaron Donald. They play on and off all the time. I think that they'll fall into a slump right when they don't need to be. Yeah. All right. What, what would you give him for that prediction, right? What are you thinking? Uh, probably, I'm thinking uh, single or double. What do you think you're going to give him for that? What was the prediction anyway? What, <laughs> what, are you not listening to like the last three minutes of this podcast, Wyatt? What? I heard I heard Aaron say something about the Rams. Now they're going to choke it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I lost it. His prediction is that the Rams would not make the Super Bowl. Wyatt, what are we? What are we giving that? Are you going to oh, give, give him a double for you that? You give him a double I'll for that. I'll give him a double for that. All right, we'll give we'll give him a double for that. Oh, I do apologize. All right, Wyatt, what's your write that down prediction? So, since the Cyclones are going down to San Antonio to play in the Alamo Bowl, uh, the entire marching band goes with the football team and the Spirit Squad and the dance team uh, to the game to provide moral support and Cyclone cheer. So. And usually spirit. we're in spirit and cheer. Same, go Cyclone same Spirit. Woo! Go Cyclones. <laughs> well, um, the, the band generally buses down to a place like that. We'll take like a, what, a 12-hour, 18-hour bus ride down there. It's about 14 hours and 15 minutes. Ooh. I'll look it up. <laughs> double check that for me. Very specific. My prediction is that at least one bus will break down uh, on the trip. Um, that's probably a single word. Let's make a double word and say at least two buses will break down oh, wow. on the trip. At least two at buses. At least two buses I'd, will break down on the trip. I'd be willing to give you a triple for saying triple? at least two buses will break down on the ball trip. I don't think there's any way that two I buses not, are going to break break down on the ball. One trip. bus is basically like guaranteed. That's why that's single worthy. I would say that's why I wanted to change it. So at least two buses will break down on the trip to San Antonio. That's that's going there and coming back as long along with all the busing that may or may not happen in San Antonio. Okay. Uh, we could also throw it back to uh, when the Cyclones went to the Pinstripe Bowl. I believe a bus driver actually had a heart attack and yes. passed away. Uh, that would have been, what, six or seven years ago now? Yeah, yeah. let's, hope that, back, let's hope that doesn't I happen. I definitely hope that doesn't happen. But the uh, bus breaking down is almost so guaranteed at this you, point. You write, that, you write that down prediction is two buses breaking down? Two buses breaking down. At least two buses breaking down. At least uh, two buses. All the buses mean, will three... explode on the way there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ian, what do you think? Double or triple? Um, you're, mm, you're the deciding vote here. Mm, I'll give that. I'll give that a triple. Alright, we're gonna give him a triple for that one. I'm gonna have a great slugging percentage. If if it's right, otherwise your slugging percentage will suck. Oh, it'll be right. It'll be right. All right, Mike, your turn. My write that down prediction. 
is going to be I'm going to NBA, which I know we don't talk a ton about on this podcast, but when I get the dumpings in the NBA, that's that the uh, Wolves will be the high seed in a playoff series this year. So that would be either getting a top four seed in the conference or maybe, you know, they upset somebody and somebody else upset somebody. So they're the high seed in a second round matchup. But the Wolves will host a play, be the higher seed in a playoff series this year. And whatever team they play will be upset because they don't want to be in Minnesota that late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. What do you guys think? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'd give myself a triple on that, but what do you guys think? Because you said that, I kind of want to give you a double. That'd be that'd be bullcrap. I deserve a triple. <laughs> I the Wolves are like not even in the playoffs right now. Oh, I would agree. As uh, watching a decent amount of the, the NBA, I would agree. It's probably a triple. Um, it seems more likely now that they got Jimmy Butler off their team because he, uh, I think he was making people curl up in their beds and cry at night. Because he's being mean to everyone. But. <laughs> he was doing that to me, that's for sure. Yeah, that's true. But um, now that they have Sarich and Covington, who seem like they're a lot friendlier, uh, I think they have a better chance because their chemistry just isn't terrible. But I still don't think they're going to be a top four seed. I think you can pick five or six teams that I think you wouldn't be wrong to say will finish in front of them. So that seems like a bold prediction to me. I'm comfy giving you a triple. I was just giving you some crap. Okay. All right, Josh, what about you? What is your write-that-down prediction this week? All right, for my write-that-down prediction, uh, looking for looking towards the bowl games, my prediction is that five out of the seven Big 12 teams will win their games. That is including um, the playoff and just considering the first game Oklahoma plays against Alabama. Um, that, that's, that's, that's one game. So, considering the fact that with these early lines that six of the uh, seven Big 12 teams are underdogs with uh, West Virginia be against Syracuse being the only one who isn't, wow. I would give him a triple for that, saying that five Big 12 teams will win despite six of them being underdogs. What do you guys think? Oh, that, definitely. That seems fair. Especially with the uh, Texas game. I'm not a huge Texas fan, but I'd, I would kind of like to see them win that against uh, Georgia. Yeah, that would be pretty much always want to see Texas lose. So I do too, but I uh, mm, they either need to get completely, completely blown out of the water or win, right? I don't. I hope they get completely blown out of the water. That would be hilarious to see how upset the Texas fans would get. Yes, they always get so upset. <laughs> yeah, they do. Well. We were definitely uh, swinging hard, and I write that down. Predictions with two double, with, with a trip, with three triples and a double today. I didn't know uh, I should have brought it. Yeah, you should have swung a little harder there, Ariane. It's okay. Yeah. It only would have we only would have looked bad on Kyle if oh, you right. instead of you. So, but unfortunately, now you're stuck with it. You already told us to write it down. It's already written down. It's yeah. been written down into stone. And with the conclusion of our write that down segment. It's also the end of the episode. Uh, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the 8311 cast. Oh. Every Monday. Tune <laughs> 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 every Monday for a new episode and subscribe to our feed on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Uh, find us on Instagram at the 8311 cast. Signing off for the 8311 cast, we have Mike Ludwig. Wyatt thanks Taylor, for listening. And our special guest star, Ariane Barry. Thanks Make for sure to us. say how much better I am than Kyle. Yeah, I, I, I really like to have you on now. I, I appreciate it being this. here. I appreciate time. your appreciation of my rules segment. So much appreciation. All around. Yes. Yep. Thank you, Ryan. It was a pleasure doing no this problem. with you. No problem. 
thanks again for listening. We'll uh, All right. next week. Go Bye. Cyclones. <laughs>